to That Shit Movie's Quite Good, a podcast where the presenter loves every crappy movie ever made. This podcast is hosted by Graham Crow. He knows a lot about movies and sport and not much about anything else. You'll find him laughing at his own dad jokes on a regular basis. And if you think Gossip Girl is a worthy shit movie, then you're definitely in the wrong place because it doesn't even rank. Watch out for little ears. This podcast can contain strong language and, depending on the movie, adult themes. It may also contain movie spoilers if you're the kind of person who doesn't line up at midnight to see the first session. You can listen in via the website or wherever semi-decent podcasts can be accessed. If there's show notes, which will only appear if the soccer isn't on, they will appear on the website at thatshitmoviesquitegood.com. If we had sponsors, we'd make a big deal of them right here, even throw some confetti. We do have to thank Bombora Digital for the website and Kevin McLeod for the intro music. You can find their links in our show notes. If you want to be one, get in touch. Now onto the shitty movies. Here's your host, Graham Crow. Wow. <laughs> you like Hi, and welcome to That Shit Movie's Quite Good. I'm your movie-loving host, Graham Crone. Joining me today, as always, from his uh, den of iniquity, it's uh, Uncle Phil. How are you going? Hey, yeah, yeah, good. Most people call it a cardboard, cardboard box, not a den of iniquity. Oh, I've been there. It's a den of iniquity. Yeah, look, hey, you know, the, the one, you know, silver lining here is, is that no one makes homelessness look as good as me, all right? Yeah, I guess on the on the upside, I can't see it through the screen at the moment because your camera's not working. Um, <laughs> on the downside, you can see me. So that's, you know, it, win, win, lose, whichever way you <laughs> A few more grey hairs. Uh, too many. In that beard. The beard used to be red. Uh... Used to be red. Yeah, hey, when hey, Haley's hey. comet was visible in the in the evening sky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, uh, you know, I'm pushing there. You know, when the conquistadors used to use it to sail around the world. Yeah, well, you know, it's it comes it come around every every sixty five years or something. So <laughs> I'm getting up there. <laughs> yes, yeah, I just hope that it's not going to hit the earth. No, no. Yeah, so, so, um, are you ready for today's film? Uh, you're all prepared. Like you say that, like it's a multiple choice. Yep, I'm going to give it a crack. Okay, well, good because you probably watched this film much sooner than I did. Much. Yeah, I, I finished it um, yesterday. I know I watched it before, but then I um because we dawdled between episodes. Well, I, yeah, I watched it again yesterday. Yeah, we had we had Christmas and uh, parental chores and all that sort of thing that and work, which you know the work that kind of got in the middle of uh, us preparing to record, um, and oh, as a result, uh, you know, here we are, weeks later, and it's been a few weeks since I actually watched Oops. it. So, so I so I had to put the DVD in. And bring the chapter list up so I could jog my memory through the chapter list. The DVD? You didn't have this on VHS. I know. I have it on DVD. Um, you're not a, you're not a about, method watcher? The DVD is about 20 years old, so, you know. <laughs> so I've got a game. I have a game, as always. We have a game to play. Now, this game, this is a good game. game. 
this is a really, this is a fucking good game. I got this for Christmas. Um, and uh, it's from another podcast that I actually listen to called Stuff You Should Know. There it is. And it's right. um, it's a tr- it's presented by Trivial Pursuit. So essentially it's the same sort of setup as Trivial Pursuit. Sorry, are that. you saying that it's a podcast by Trivial Pursuit? No, it's a podcast called Stuff You Should Know. And they've gone into cahoots with Trivial Pursuit and made a game um, basically based around Trivial Pursuit. There's six, there's six categories. You get a chip for every category you get right. It's it's really it's really good. So the categories are money for this. You're getting kickbacks, so you're not telling I wish me about I, it. I wish I was because it's a, a brilliant game and you should go out and buy it because it is really good. So <laughs> Folks, I think he's getting kickbacks. He's Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna do for those Australian people, I'm gonna do my my best Molly Meldrum impersonation. Do yourself a favor. Go out and buy <laughs> countdown. Uh, 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 and now here's the knack <laughs> with my Sharona. They're gonna be huge. <laughs> They're not gonna be a one hit. They're gonna be You're huge. gonna love this lady, Blondie. <laughs> hey, Blondie was big. The Mac only had one. So the categories are, are you ready? Yeah. History, science and technology, pop culture, myths, legends, and conspiracies, humans, or as I like to say, humans. 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 And the stuff you should know selects, which is like a selection of a range of different questions. Could be myths and legends, could be history, could be all kinds of stuff. So they're the categories. That you can play. So, would you like to choose a category? Oh, mate, I'm gonna I'm look. You know, I just feel so bloody confident. I'm gonna switch it up to categories. That last one. The uh, the uh, selects. Select. Selects the stuff you yeah, should. I'm all over it. You're all over it. No, I'm not. I fly this on train so badly. Now I have to turn the torch on my phone because the writing is so small that I can barely read it. So, are you ready? How mm. the Black Panther Party. So, <laughs> Kathleen Cleaver was the first woman to have a role in the Black Panther Party's leadership group. Later, after spending years abroad, she ended up being a senior law lecturer at which Atlanta University? Georgia State? Emory? Clark Atlanta or Clayton State University. What was the last one? Clayton State University. And you said this was a good game. <laughs> it's a good game. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. Oh uh, well, look, look. Sadly, I, I let my Black Panther um, membership lapse. You know, uh, so you just we moved. We moved away from. Killing people to um to uh, to having staged sit-ins to uh, to enact uh you know, I'm just glad non- non-violent change. I'm just glad I'm having got the camera on with you standing there with your black glove and your fist up in the air. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Um, no, I'm going to say uh, Georgia State University. And you would be wrong. It was Emory. Damn it. Yep. Okay. It's really hard. They're really hard. Okay, you ready? I'm going to give you a myths and legends just to throw the throw you. Okay. Okay. Myths, okay. legends, and conspiracies. Hang on. Are we, are we I'm, trying to keep them in. 
Okay. Are you ready? How blank work? Okay, it's a blank line. So in Greek mythology, a character named like Lysanon tries to trick a god into eating human flesh. What is he turned into as punishment? A, a bird, a tree, a wolf, or a serpent? I'm going to go with a wolf. A wolf? Yes. You'd be right because lycos is the Greek word meaning wolf. Also gives the word to lichen Lichen, oh, they forget it. Lichen. Okay. There's those big words again, folks. Oh, you know, I have trouble with big words. The golden age of blank. Stuff you should know. Because I'm really old. Is that what you're saying? Live in London. Yeah, my feelings. An estimated 20 people died during a 1788 riot in New York City. What was the source of outrage? That sparked the so-called doctor's riot. Expensive medical bills, not enough hospital beds, physicians pay too low, or medical students robbing graves. Oh, um, I'm going to go with the last one: medical students robbing graves. You'd be right because Alexander Hamilton unsuccessfully pleaded with the crowd at King's College, now Columbia, to peacefully disperse. Uh, yeah. Was it an elective unit? How to rub graves? It might have been. I don't know. Okay. Oh, the dog. Uh, no, 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 no. He's attempting to participate. You're just trying to get in. Okay. So now on with the show. So today's film is by director Sam Raimi, one of one of the uh, one of the greats of uh, early eighties. Uh, schlock horror. Um, uh, I read somewhere that he he was considered the John Carpenter of his era, with his B uh, B grade uh, uh, horror movies such as The Evil Dead, uh, mm -hmm. Drag Me to Hell, those sorts of things. Um, yeah. And he was also the um, the first uh, the director of the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies, so the first trilogy of uh, the Marvel era, I guess. Yeah, the first going back, going back to the early 2000s. The latest. Yeah, that's right. He also was in, also was responsible for uh, uh, Xena Warrior Princess and Herc the Adventure Legend, Legendary Journeys of Hercules. Um, and if you haven't watched it, do yourself okay. a favor. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> oh, on cue, on cue, I'm so good. Um, so yes, it was. Uh, he's 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 a, one of my favourite directors, I think. Um, but before he went away and made uh, the uh, Spider-Man trilogy back in the early two thousands with Tobey Maguire, he um, he made this little film, uh, I guess, as an entry into the superhero comic book genre. Um, he wrote this one, didn't he? He wrote the yes, he directed, and I think his brother Ivan, his brother, wrote it. Um, along with him, and it actually yeah. stars his his other brother Ted. Theodore Ted. Theodore Ramey is in it um, for a wee while. Theodore Ramey, yeah, he's been it, a few things. He's he's always seems to be in in uh, Sam Raimi movies. Yeah, 
Like the only job. Yeah, but he always he always seems to cast the same people though. That's right. He's got his favourites. That's that's right. Very very John Carpenter or um, Kevin Smith. You know they have Mm. they they made these small smaller uh, non studio movies or smaller studio movies, and they always have like their favourite particular characters that play in this film. Now this film was meant to star um, Bruce Campbell in the uh, in the title role. Um, but, but apparently the studio um, thought his uh, comedic style of acting would take away from the gravitas of the role that uh, Liam Neeson finally got the job for. Uh, yeah. The fact that Liam Neeson is doing his best Jared Butler American accent um, through the whole film. Well, it's not a bad accent. I know, but he sounds Irish. Yeah. Just like Jared Butler sounds Scottish when he tries to talk American. With an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, reckon, uh, having watched the movie, that uh, Bruce Campbell would have done a good job or a bad job? What's that? Do you think that uh, Bruce Campbell would have done a good job or a bad job? I don't. It's hard to say. I think it would have been a different film. Yeah. Um, having having seen Bruce Campbell in the last film we reviewed, which was Bubba Hotep, um, and the, the amount of gravitas that he added to that role, um, I think he probably would have done a very good job, quite yeah, honestly, yeah, in hindsight. Yeah. I think it would have been it would have been pleasant to watch. Yeah, I yeah. actually maybe I probably would have enjoyed it more. I think the comedy bits, um, and and it's hard to call them comedy bits because a lot of them are quite brutal. Um, would have seemed a little lighter, I think, and a a, a little uh, probably a little more um, in the black humour. Uh, side of things the the darker humor yeah i think would have would have would have come out more with uh, bruce playing the, the title role um it's also uh, got uh, australia's own colin frills yeah and yeah. um colin frills and hello lord larry drake yeah i was i didn't really watch a lot of um hello lord no neither did i but um I think the character, the character that he plays in this, is far removed from the character that he played in in uh, <laughs> in uh, Little Porter. So yeah, I thought so, you know just just looking back at the movie, you know, I thought, well, man, what a what an interesting choice of actors to play the, you know, this mafia hit, you know, crime boss. Oh, he's pretty hardcore as well. Like we, it, it does, but then he, you know, he has moments of being. I think, I think like that where I can't take him too seriously. Well, I think we see in the uh, the opening scene before the credits roll, um, or the opening credits roll, um, the the warehouse on the uh, it's basically a dockyard warehouse um, where these guys are uh, bringing in illegal stuff and what have you. And he turns up and. Uh, Basically removes the finger off the of the uh, the the gangland boss that uh, is trying to I guess usurp him. Um. Well, yeah, yeah. There's there's sort of a major confrontation that sort of leads you to believe that um, maybe this this um, 
Repertorian is um he's a player. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. For he, he, likes, with. he likes his cigars and he certainly um <laughs> and he likes he his cigars and, and he likes his fingers. And he can count ten. And he's a collector as well. He's a player. Oh, he he's collects. a mafia boss and he's a collector. Absolutely. You know. he, uh, he collects well and truly. Um yeah. and, so, they, so his 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 team, his uh, his mob. Uh, wipe out, um, wipe out the uh, oh, the wife's texting me. Sorry, the wife's messaging me because my darling wife, did I turn the kettle off? Yes, I did. Don't they turn themselves off? Uh, no, we've got we've got one of these ones that runs off the gas and it whistles, right? Okay, uh, yeah, can you hear a whistling? Uh, Ted Girl, winner. Yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner, as they say. Um, so the um, so yeah, he he goes into this into the warehouse, chops off the fingers, kill, wipes out the wipes yeah, out. Yeah, they go in with no guns at all, and then uh, they turn it into a win. They completely. Oh, that's right. Well, did you notice the guy with the with the wooden leg with the machine yeah. with the wooden leg? Yeah, 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 yeah. So and he and he he's just hopping around. Um, so we jump from there to the opening credits, and then to um, uh, to the apartment of uh, Peyton and Jules, who are Jules, Jules. played by Francis Francis McDormand. She's awesome. She's, she's always such, uh, she's such a strong actor. She's good in everything. It's like yeah, yeah. She's in Fargo. She's in Blood Simple. She's in a lot of Cohen stuff. And yeah, you wouldn't want to mess with her. She's, she's, yeah, she's serious. I thought she was excellent in this. Well, I think, I think she said uh, of, of the role, it was the only time she got to play a bimbo. What? You, did you think that she was a bimbo? In this? I didn't think she was a bimbo at all. And, um, she was a little bit kind of, I guess, help, in that helpless uh girlfriend role a little bit but she wasn't like yeah that. yeah um but i mean she situation. Not like she played a police officer and you think she was a lawyer that's right that's right she was carrying a document um a memorandum the the memorandum the memorandum and the um bill of, bill of serious memorandum that, that's uh, right she discovers an incriminating document that proves developer the developer that she's working for is not a nice guy. Well, that's right. And she's got that on. Um, she she goes to work um, and she leaves uh, leaves it in the apartment. The apartment where Peyton, played by Liam Neeson, is uh, working on some sort of uh, genetic skin um, that he's trying to manufacture to assist in like burns victims and things like that. Um, and he discovers uh, uh, that there's something about the dark that allows the skin to grow. If you put it in light, it dies pretty much straight away. Well, uh, it, it'll last um, a magic number. It, it, like he's yeah, been working well, on this particular 90, technology. Yeah, it'll only last 99 minutes 90, and then it breaks down. That's yeah, right. The cells, the cells degrade and it breaks down. And, that's uh, right. and Yeah. So he's... Um, He's in the uh, in the in the dark, working on this, um, 
and they they hit a eureka point where it goes past 99 minutes yeah and they're like wow we, we might be onto something um and just at that point uh uh larry uh larry drake's men uh, kevin uh, Mr. not kevin durant he's the basketballer mr durant the uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, you 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 left an important scene out. That sort of gave us a little bit of. Uh, that was when um, when uh, Lewis, uh, uh, sorry, um, when um, uh, Francis McDormand's character confronted her boss about the the memorandum, and they had that really interesting discussion because he's um, he's a property developer, really, like you know, a really important property developer. And he basically sort of, uh, he wasn't even concerned that she raised it. No, no, because he's um, he's in bed with the uh, the bad guys, basically. Well, it, yeah, it's interesting. He didn't actually say that he was in bed with the bad guys. He, you almost get the the uh, impression that he's competing. Yeah, uh, maybe a little, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because he warns, then, he, he does warn her about. Um, Lewis Stack, the uh, um, developer, warns her and says, "Well, you better be careful because um, I know that this this guy Robert Durant, and she knows Robert Durant. She knows that he's a crime boss. He's in everything, drugs, mm-hmm. um, um, you know. Uh, um, so she's concerned. Uh, was that the reason why she was going back to the lab to warn Westlake?" I think she was going. Home. I think she was going home because she didn't know that um, that anyone would be taking it, take, looking for the memorandum at at their apartment or at his at his apartment. So um, so they they work out that the dark ninety nine minutes it goes past ninety nine minutes and then uh, Robert Durant Robert Durant and his uh, cronies uh, enter the building um, and. Uh, they they kill uh, Peyton Westlake's assistant, lab assistant, mm. um, and then they put him, get him to hold on to the most ridiculous set of electrical <laughs> power, power, whatever they are, over liquid that you've ever seen in your life, and basically electrocute him to the point where his flesh starts falling off. Into yeah, the- yeah, it. Um- well, considering when it was made, like this is special effects are very kind of on that verge of nineties, eighties, nineties special effects for these kind. Yeah, of- late, late, late eighties, early nineties. You know, and they've got definitely that- no CGI here, folks. They've got that little bird that kind of, you know, just rocks and picks up water to the point where it ends up being fully up. backwards and forwards, and yeah. Yeah, but um, so they, they they torture him, don't they? They torture Mister poor old Mister Westlake. They torture so. they torture him for the memorandum, which he knows nothing about. He knows nothing and, about it, you know. And, and then um, and they kill off his his offsider, his um, his that's right, and uh, and basically, basically put so much electricity through his body that his flesh starts to melt off his body. Yeah, off his and hands. then they blow, and then they blow him up. Well, they, they melted his face in that acid. That's right. Oh, yeah, they dunked yeah. him in the acid tank, which is, yeah. which the electrical uh, things are hanging over 
as which, well. And it was bubbling away, so which meant that it was hot acid. So I don't know about you, but you know, I, when I tend to have you know hot bubbling acid, I'd probably put a cover on it. Well, but, you know, it's just about safety. Thing to do. But in but in this kind of movie, sensible isn't always the way. Just you just got to look at the when when the building blows up and how far he actually flies out of the roof of the building. <laughs> he really launched. He he's, really took off. He's, you know, a fucking base jumper. If you shoot it and open from that distance, would die. Yeah, yeah. So acid didn't kill him. Electrocution didn't kill him, and and also um, being shot out of a cannon. The fall didn't, well, kill, him didn't the kill him. So um, really, I'm not going to mess with this guy. No, just as the building blows up, um, Jules turns up. So she doesn't actually see him fly out of the building. She just sees the she just sees the building explode. Yeah. She uh, did make a comment at that stage because uh, earlier in the movie, uh, Westlake had, because um, he's a bit sickly sweet, old Westlake in the beginning. Mm. Um, he's um, he's like syrup. It's like golden syrup. You just want to smack the guy. It's like, he, yeah. he actually proposed to Julie as well. And she, um, she told him that uh, she was going to have a bit of a think about it. And um, which is, oh, ouch. So, and, uh, uh, and, she, and she sort of agreed, like when she made that comment just before she walks in the building and the building blows up. Do you think she was going to say yes? I think she probably was. I think that's why she was going back to say yes. Right. Okay. Um, but then obviously he um, he did his best Superman impersonation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he um, he clearly hadn't turned the kettle off. <laughs> No, <laughs> not at all. Because he ends up, he ends up in, he ends up in hospital, um, and uh, wrapped in bandages, um, and uh, attended by our fa our favourite English stripper, uh, Jenny Agata, who uh, tends to get her used to in the eighties, in eighties films, get her clothes off pretty much on a regular basis. Um, Which movies? She's kind of the Julie Christie of the eighties. I'm gonna to have to Google she's in, more. I think. She's in Call the if you've seen Call the Midwife, she's in Call the Midwife. Clothed or unclothed? Clothed. She's a nun. I thought you said she gets a kid off. She does in most things, like back in the eighties. Yeah, when she's playing in, in the eighties, when she was like you know, 25, 30, 40, or not forty, when she was in her thirties or whatever, just get yeah. all the time. Okay, what then she started working for God in Call the Midwife. Then she started working for God in Call the Midwife. Yeah, okay. So she's basically um, operated on him. She severed the severed some of the nerves in his spine, the pain receptors. Do you know what? I, I Googled this, the uh, spinothalamic tract. So they uh, sever that and it, uh, and it does things, bad things. So basically it takes away all, all any any ability to feel pain, um, and basically sends the person slightly insane, which right. becomes kind of more evident through this film as uh, Peyton Westlake goes out for revenge. It's like watching the Wiggles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is not great. At least I'm full of sleep all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I so, like you to transcend pain, yeah. So he, he, he gets out of hospital um, after being uh, butchered by the doctor to the point yeah. where 
he can't. Well, he get, he's carved up at this stage. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty. He's pretty messed. Um, and um, so he heads off to um, to find a place to live, and he finds out what looks like looked to me like an old cement works. Or something. He does live on the street for a night, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. A night or two, or? Uh, in the rain, in a yeah, under a cardboard he box. Sleeps in a puddle under a cardboard box, and the cardboard box blows away. And uh, but he can't feel the cold, can he? Oh, that's right. He can't feel anything. No. And so he ends up uh, finding a place to live, which is, as I said, it looks like a like an old cement works or an old industrial uh, steel works or something like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's at this point that I thought it had a bit of a Frankenstein feel to it, where he's like creating his monster. Well. Where yeah, that, to me, that's what it felt like. He was creating his Frankenstein workshop. Mm. And yeah. but where Frankenstein creates the monster, he is the monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, he, so, he certainly descends into madness because of the um, the operation he had. Mm, that's right. Um, and uh, he starts putting together equipment to set up his lab again and start again mm. and start creating. Um, creating his skin again, so he can he can use it to travel out and about around through the public again without people screaming at the horrific stuff that he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, like he obviously wants to get better. No, that's but, right. Um, I don't know. He he, he he definitely looks like a, a car crash to me. I that's don't know right. if he's coming back from that. No, if you haven't got any lips. You're in trouble, right? Absolutely. Now you're going to suck on a straw with no lips. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting, interesting concept and something that we should not try. <laughs> um, but anyway, he um, he whilst he he starts he starts the program for the uh, to create a, um, a, a a mask for himself, um, and he heads out for some information and he bumps into uh, Rick, played by. Uh, uh, Ted Raimi mm. um, and he starts asking him questions about uh, Durant and about Durant's money and all that sort of stuff um, and then it's possibly the funniest scene for me um, and on the uh, on the on the uh, menu the, 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 the menu of uh, the, 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 DVD, the DVD it's called Rick Retires <laughs> Retires and and Rick, Rick retires by being shoved up through a manhole onto the onto the street, and then basically swinging around, screaming like a like a glove puppet as he's being held up there, dodging cars, hoping the cars are dodging him, and then eventually gets run over. By but it's either a truck or a fire truck or. Uh, it, yeah. it was big and messy. Yeah. So. He retires, but not before giving information about a guy named Paulie who um, works for Durant and a and a secret or briefcase exchange that is going to occur. Yeah, uh, typical mob stuff. You know, they yeah. um, shunt money and drugs around. So he um, he takes some pictures of Paulie um, from a distance, sticks them in his uh, in his magical skin making machine, and makes a Paulie mask. And gloves, but sadly, and, the mask only his masks can only last for a short period of time. Yeah, it's still the ninety nine 
for 99 minutes. They don't go beyond that. Well, no, I, I think you, you find that he ends up keeping a stockpile of masks, but as long as they don't see sunlight, they, they, stay, they stay fine. Yeah, it's only once they stay they, fine. It's only once they hit the light that the 99 yeah. Yeah. Takes, takes effect. Um, but he goes and uh, does the bag exchange for Paulie as Paulie. Mm. And then. Oh, is this where he, he breaks into Paulie's house and he, he, um, he gives him something to. Incriminating. Well, just yeah, yeah. He he basically puts him to sleep uh, for a couple of days or a day and a half or something, and then he incriminates him, and then and then makes the exchange on his behalf. Like he's really attempting to undermine um, the whole yeah. gang and sort of destabilize he's, Durant. He's he's out for revenge. He's very very angry because his emotions aren't being kept in check because they've severed his spinal cord. Yeah, the the nerve endings relating to those sorts of things, and he's also losing his mind a little bit. I think he's he's he's, he's very much on the on the edge of sanity. He's riding that wave, like Kelly yeah. said. And so yeah, he does. He's he definitely descends into madness. You know. Oh, absolutely. He's a, he's an absolute great. He's a, you kind of wonder who's worse, Durant or him. Mm. And towards the you know as the film rolls on, and even and even uh, Colin Friel's character, you know, the he seems more sane than Payne was. <laughs> he does seem pretty laid back, you know. Uh, he's a pretty cool actor, Colin Friel's. He plays he plays it very very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last big sort of movie I ever saw Colin Fields in was um not Malcolm. No, no, it's set in the future. No, it is set in the future with uh, uh, I remember one of the lines, you know, um uh do you know how to get to Shell Beach? Remember that movie? Uh oh god no. No, okay, it'll come yeah. to me, folks. Was it an Australian film? Um, yeah, it was actually made in Australia. Oh, hang on, I am going to ask the Google. Yeah. Oh no, it's a brilliant sci-fi movie. You'd really like it. Um, it's got uh, John Hurt. No. Colin Friels. Yeah, he plays a police officer in this in this world. Uh, John Hurt plays the main character. Um, yeah. No. Isn't it a lot? Dark City? That's it. Dark City. Can you remember it? No, I haven't actually seen Dark City. That's an Australian you are, No way. You are. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Alex, Alex Price, who's an Australian director. Yeah, I think we've got our next movie, mate. Um, he, did the, he did Gods of Egypt and iRobot and The Nolan. Wow. And also the crow. There you go. So there's a bit of meat on the bone there. Yeah, Dark City. You really need to watch it. It's um, it's really good. Um, Colin Fields is really good in that. Have to uh, dig it out from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, actually, I've got a copy. So, so he plays Paulie, and um, and uh, the next morning, Paulie is because he gave. I think he gives Paulie something to help him sleep as well. Um. Mm. And the next day, Durant enters Paulie's apartment and uh, uh, asks him about the exchange. 
for which he knows nothing, which Durant doesn't believe in. Yeah. Because they've got like evidence that he was there and what have you. And he's then got, uh, he's got he's got he's got a fresh suit on and he's got um, two tickets, one for him and one for Rick, in his um in his full like suitcase to, to leave. Yeah, and Rick's gone missing. And uh, Durant's like, "Where's the money?" He's like, I don't know, boss. I slept in. Which apparently in when you work for the mob, it's not a good enough excuse. Well, it it, it, it gets you a, a one-way ticket from the seventh floor of your apartment building um, to Branlin. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. that is the way the Paulie goes. He goes out the window. Goes out the window since he suffers from uh, deceleration sickness. Yeah, uh, mass. What is it? Mass equals velocity. <laughs> and he's a pretty hefty guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um. So so we um kind of move along a little bit. We're just going to move along a little bit. Um, because we have the he he then has a takes photos of Durant whilst Durant is coming out of the building and then uses them to create a a uh, Robert Durant mask um, and then he attends a, a local um, uh, Chinese mafia uh, business to collect his protection money um, actually bef- shortly before he does that I think there's a scene where he actually straight up walks into a 7-Eleven and, uh, in a Robert Durant mask and and um, steals the takings. And then he looks right. at the camera and goes, I'm Robert Durant. And, oh, that's um, right. He, he and uh, Robert Durant gets arrested. And while he's arrested, that's when he, he, then, he then goes to the... Yeah, and then, and then uh, basically demands uh, the, the, the protection money be increased. Yeah, yeah. And um, you put that... I don't know this Robert Durant guy. I don't think everyone totally and utterly respects this guy because that that Chinese dude wasn't that keen in handing over any money. No, no, he he thinks that I think he probably thinks that old Robert Durant is a little bit of a um, not a has been, but you know, kind of he's all mouth and no muscle. Yeah, and that given the opportunity, his muscle could be taken care of. Yeah, which I don't think Westlake was kind of expecting because he oh. straight up asked for the money and he was on the clock because um he could he's only got ninety nine minutes or his face melts off. That's right, um, and and we see that happen. Uh, he 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 then puts the hard word on 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 this man, uh, and he broke the, the the guy breaks and pays him the money, um, but then his face starts uh, igniting. And smouldering and smoking. <laughs> well, Robert Durant actually, uh, uh, he um, he gets gets, um, gets let out of prison. Oh no, he gets um, uh, he, his lawyer gets he, him. Yeah, lawyer gets him off. Or, you know, he makes bail and uh, and he just drives straight to the to his meeting with this um, Chinese mob. And uh, there's that really interesting fight scene between Robert Durant and um, and Westlake pretending to be Robert Durant. And uh, one of his henchmen is like, who do I shoot? Who do I shoot? Yeah. That's, 
That's right. But he, he manages to get away from Robert Durant and his, and his cronies with, uh, with, with the takings that, he, he's, uh, he's, that they were going to collect. Um, hmm. uh, we, we then see uh, Jules and Peyton at a uh, amusement fair playing the game that everybody wants to go hog wild, crazy ass, nut job at. It's the, uh, the throwing the cans at the bottles that are stuck to the ground game where yeah. you never win a prize. <laughs> no chance. Yeah, Unless you've got great strength and apparently when you have your um, spinothalmic like, tract removed. It's like Sideshow. Um, you remember Sideshow? You go down Sideshow Alley, the show, and yeah. you know, you've got all the rides, but you've got the guns. You shoot the ducks. And you look down the barrel of the gun and it's slightly bent so that you end up shooting, never shooting straight. No. That's what they do with the milk jugs. They <laughs> nail the bottom ones down so you can never knock them off. Right. They're little bastards. <laughs> I tell you. You're into, you're into your conspiracies here. You think, you think, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best Joe Rogan impersonation here. <laughs> I'm not talking about coronavirus conspiracies. I'm talking about ducks and, and, and milk jugs, um, front holes and milk jug conspiracies. Okay. You know, the really important conspiracy is you getting ripped off as a kid down inside Show Alley. And not getting yeah. and And he manages to win the pink elephant. And the other guy, the guy who's running the show, the, the carny guy that's running the show is like, no, nah, go away, you haven't won anything, bloody blah. Yeah, he yeah, he says, you, your foot was over the line. He points his finger at Payton and he grabs his finger and he bends it like Play-Doh. Oh, that was pretty grim, that was. He bends it back over his body like fucking Play-Doh. It looked like that shit that, you know, you roll it up, you roll the Play-Doh up and then you bend it into all kinds of... That is what his hand looked like. Yeah, and you can hear the guy screaming away. He's and screaming. He, he grabs the elephant. This is McDormand's character, Julie. She's screaming. And I and think... Um, he, I think well, he, um, he grabs the big elephant. He goes, take the fucking elephant. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And, uh, yeah, he ends up... Because, you know, he obviously has anger issues at this point. That's right. That's right, yes. He's, um, he's losing the plot. And, yeah. and the um, the imagery that you get through that through that particular sequence, um, special effects imagery that you get through that sequence, give you the impression that he's losing his mind as well. The way the camera zooms in on his face and zooms out, that makes him look like he's in a kaleidoscope type sort of situation. Yeah, there, there were some real cartoon elements to this. Oh yeah, that, well that's I guess that's kind of how they used to do these movies back in the day. You know, the, some yeah. of the special effects were very. Kind of reminded me of early Bat, uh, Batman, you know, in those fight scenes, and they interject with a pow and the bam, biff, and that that's kind of um, I I kind of wasn't super keen on those elements of uh, of the film, yeah, well, the, I really think comic it, style. Well, it dated it a little bit, I think, in that yeah. sense. Yeah, it did. Um, so Jules goes back to um, back to the. Uh, Oh, she sees his mask. She he runs back. off and she chases after him. She knows something's wrong because she's always face melting a little bit. And then she finds the mask on the ground. That's right. And she goes but she goes back to the to to our developer friend, uh, played by Colin Firth. Uh, no, um, she um she finds his um like she chases after him and she finds the lair. That's right. 
Yeah, she actually finds the lair and goes to the lair, but um, Darkman hides and they don't actually talk to each other, but she talks to him. She talks out loud and says she still cares for him. Mm. But um, I think at that point, she doesn't realize how bad he's devolved or how bad the... How uh, gruesome he is. Yeah, yeah. Does he step, I can't remember, does he step out, he steps out at that point, doesn't he, and shows shows his... Shows her. Um, no, she, uh, it, it, I think it was a bit later on when she goes back because you're, oh, right. Yeah, there, you're right. You're right. There yeah. is that. There is that, that scene. She does go and see. Um, after that scene, she then goes to see. Um, Lewis Stack. Lewis Stack. That's right. And, and then uh, she, yeah, they have that conversation. Um, and then she she leaves to um to warn uh to warn uh, Peyton. But she's followed by um, Durant's men. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that conversation with uh, between uh, Francis McDormand and um, and uh, Lewis Tech where um, she confronts him and says, "Look, you know, you're you, you're in on this." Um, but no, she goes to see him in his office, and it's a pretty cool office. And mm. then she sees her copy of the memorandum on his desk, the one that um, Durant. Uh, found in the beginning of the movie um, shortly before he... Um, which was in there, which and that's when she realises that Stack is in on it because... Yeah, he's well and true. He's, was in Peyton's apartment. Yeah, then she confronts him in there. And actually, you know what? This is what made Colin Friel's character a bit of a, a cool bad guy for me is, is that he's like, all right, you got me. You got me. But unfortunately, you don't have enough evidence on me. So, um... You know, and he he basically says, "What are you going to do about it?" And then, um, and he sort of insinuates. I, I think at that point, would you agree? That he insinuates that that he could kill her, um, but he doesn't want to. No, that's right. And and it's also at this point he pulls the curtains aside and reveals the new city that he's building on top of the old docklands that they're trying to buy up. Yeah, which is why Durant was pushing these guys off the docks at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, she, um, and then she sort of, she makes the connection that, well, he's clearly not going to kill her. And, and she says it out loud, well, if you're not going to kill me, I've got things to do. And then she just walks out. I'm like, what just happened there? You know, he he admits the truth to her. And she, and she basically says, well, if you're not going to kill me, then I'm, I got stuff to do. Like, you're boring me. Well, not like that, but you know what I mean? And um, and then what happens after that? Well, she goes to she goes to warn she goes to warn um, Hayden, and, but she's followed back to the back to his lair by yeah. men, that... who then who then set about um, basically machine gunning the whole place, trying to trying to take him out. Yeah, she does see him from a distance at that point, and then she realizes just how bad got and badly injured is and and it's it's during it's during the um during the warehouse battle that because uh, star man's got masks lying all over the place that mm-hmm. he, um he's able to deal with some of the bad guys by uh wearing look-alike masks and freaking them out <laughs> it certainly freaked me out yeah yeah what was it he um he dresses up um he dresses up one of the bad guys as another bad guy. Um, That's right. And then... Uh, takes his mouth shut. 
sends yeah. it. Yeah, but underneath the bad guy's mask is a mask of dark man, and then underneath the mask of dark man is the, the actual. actual guy. Yeah. So during so. the uh, during that particular sequence where he he takes out a couple of the a couple of the bad guys and uh, and the, the shooting's going nuts inside the inside the warehouse, he makes a run for the roof. Um, to get away, um, and Durant's got himself uh, air support in a helicopter with a with a uh, larger weapon on it that they start using uh, against uh, Peyton as he as he makes his way across the rooftops to get away. Yeah, Durant's got a um, a rocket launcher, a really kick ass rocket launcher in the states. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's like this big ass, I don't know, <coughs> 19, 1930s barrel on it. And it, it's just chocked oh, full not, of these grenades. Uh, I've only ever seen this weapon one other time. Um, yeah. It's in a film called The Dogs of War with Christopher Walken. Man, that is, I don't even know what that thing is. but And they, well, it's, it's a mercenary film very much like The uh, Wild Geese. Uh, yeah. They go to a, um, a uh, West Indian country uh, to overthrow the, uh, the, the corrupt leader there. Hey, like you do. And he's got this, he's got that barrel thing that fires rockets. Yeah. Fires grenades or explosive shells or whatever it is into, into the crowd. And that's the only other time I've seen that gun. That's pretty awesome to watch. As <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, I, watched, I watched the movie with, um, just recently with my oldest boy and, uh, and, uh, and we were, we we're having a bit of a laugh about this particular weapon and, uh, I don't even know what it is. I'll have to Google it. Yeah. So they, um, dark, I think uh, from memory, Darkman uh, uh, deals with the helicopter. Oh, there is a pretty cool um, chase where um, Darkman so- sort of jumps to the bottom of the helicopter. And then, uh, and um, at this point, I think um, he is actually wearing uh, a Westlake mask. So he, it isn't a stuntman. It's actually, it's actually, um, uh, you know, the main actor. He's actually, you know, hanging off the the, the bottom of this helicopter. Oh, and they, the and they fly through the buildings, don't they? They fly through. Yeah, yeah there's the, there's a, a chase scene, and he's um, it it's probably the the most dynamic um, action sequence of the whole movie. I think. Would it's you agree? A, it's a pretty awesome stunt, I have to say, yeah. and. Um, and I don't know about you, but I would be absolutely crapping myself if I was even harnessed on safely onto that thing and then flown around. In that oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane flying it in between the buildings. And um, it's pretty badly dubbed, though. <laughs> uh, we, oh, yeah. we, we, we won't talk about that. We're right, all, okay. Too much. Too much. Yeah, we were, <laughs> moving on. We some, of the, some of the uh, after filming voiceover work is a little bit uh, post production voiceovers is a little bit questionable. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So, um, Payton, Payton uh, Julie's uh, taken by Stack, prisoner by Stack, mm. and um, Payton uh, is drawn to the construction site to rescue her. Oh, uh, did. Um, did we cover how Robert Durant was killed? Wasn't he in the heli? He was in the helicopter, wasn't he? 
Well, he um, somehow attaches um, the the rope that he's hanging onto. He attaches it to the top of a truck, and the truck just happens to drive into a big tunnel, and the helicopter gets ripped ripped apart. Oh, nothing yeah. but shredded metal and fire. Which is strange because there's a sequel to Dark Man <laughs> yeah. called The Return of Durant. <laughs> Return. It's like poor old Dark Man. You know, it's he's like Harry Potter. He's not coming back from that. No, well, poor old Dark Man gets ripped, ripped up. Doesn't even have lips. He's a he's a hot mess basically. And then Robert Durant actually does get involved in a, you know, in, in a crash that you could never walk away from, and he wakes up from a coma without even a scratch on him. Well, and, you know, it's Hollywood. an irony to it. Yeah, well, there is that. Yeah. But yeah, that, it's the return of Durant. How is he going to return? Is it the fucking Highlander? I don't, I don't know. Wakes up, he's immortal. He wakes up exactly like he's never been in a helicopter crash before. The only one. He still has the same haircut. <laughs> it's uh, not a great haircut. I can't criticize folks. Uh, I haven't got my own hair, but. I think he went to one of those $10 barbers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you got ripped off. You you pay your ten dollars and you come out looking like uh, North Korea supreme leader. That's <laughs> <laughs> cutting. I that happened to me. I I was like, oh, I could do with a haircut. Well, a ten dollar haircut would be fine. I came out. I I, I swear to God, I was the white Kim Jong Un. Right. <laughs> I was the imperious leader till my hair grew. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did you find that you were re-educated? <laughs> but I, but I had the, the desire to send all my children to death camps. <laughs> okay, okay, and your uncles and those sorts of really important uh, family members. We're going to send them to re-education centers. Yeah, yeah. The chicken coop down the bottom of the garden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a cinema screen down there <laughs> showing re-education films. <laughs> Locked them in with the <laughs> Cool. Uh, you know what their re-education film was called? Uh, what? Here we go. Um, Dark Man, Return of Robert Durant. <laughs> Dark Man, Return. Have you, do you know what the name of the, 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 the third installment's called? I thought you were going to say Chicken Run. Um, anyway, yeah, no. What's the third one called? It's called Dark Man. Uh, die, Dark Man, Die. They're very, very inspirational, and you can see that they've not been made um, by the original crew, <laughs> Sam Raimi and... and Didn't he do Robert, Robert Durant, Return of Robert Durant, though? Didn't he write that? I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to have a look. I don't, I'll, have to, I'll have to Google it. I'm, I'm, I, know that, I know they didn't direct them. Uh, so... That's probably why they're shitty. And I think Darkman's played by Arnold Vosloo. Who was uh, in oh, he was, he was, oh, actually, there are some similarities. I mean, if there was one movie that had a similarity to, um, uh, he was made to play that character, literally, because in the movie, um, The Mummy, That's the Mummy right. actually looks a lot like, maybe they repurposed the mask, Darkman's mask. <laughs> I, I'm just putting it out there, folks. It's a possibility. It it's is. Possibility. That is spooky resemblance, I think, you know, with the skin and the missing bits and the teeth showing through. So we move, move, moving along. 
we end up in on the uh, in, on the construction side, um, and Stacks taken uh, Jules up the elevator. Dark Man's followed him, um, and they have like a there's a there's a bit of a fight between uh, a couple of Durant's remaining cronies who uh, who take a few tumbles um, off right. the, off the building. No, I was going to say um, this is where I think um, Colin Fields comes into his own because he's um. Oh, he has, he has he's that. He's a real talker. Like, because, that oh, no, Westlake's pretend, pretending to be Robert Durant at that point. Mm. And um, and you think that he's got Lewis Stack well and truly um, believing. But then as they get to the top of the building, uh, Lewis Stack says, so how are your kids going? That's right. And, and Durant doesn't have any, which we are well aware of because Durant is a, lives alone with his fingers. <laughs> His finger collection. Finger collection. <laughs> He's been fingered. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah. yeah, so um, so Stack well and truly calls him out on that. And um, and it's here we find out that um, Stack's actually, like, he's not a tough guy. He's just a businessman. But um, he he's comes got some humble. bad guy chops to him, I think. Well, his father, he, 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 during, the, uh, during the conversation, he, he points out that his father used to work high steel used to work in construction, mm. doing the, doing the uh, steel girders on buildings and took him up from time to time. So no, he, he had, no he, he said that he had a job. He worked yeah. on like for $5 an hour or something. So he has like the ability to uh, wander around on the high steel pretty like, you know, 40 floors. Like a, yeah, a bit like a cat basically. So he's not, yeah. he's not at all. And Darkman's obviously well and truly out of his element now. He's he's struggling a little bit because his emotions are like exploding out of his body, um, and he's really, really, really struggling with uh, with the height situation that's up there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Colin Fields also got a rivet gun, which is pretty darn cool, if you ask me. <laughs> which he uses. How do you shoot a rivet gun from the hip and nail a man's rivet a man's hand to steel? From the distance. Yeah. Well, you could, what I liked it is that um, is that Stack was just toying with Darkman at this point. You know, he's firing to the left, he's firing to the right, he's firing to the left, mm. and he's just toying with him. And he's all the while he's he's monologuing and and having a bit of fun basically because he knows at any moment he could just kill kill Wesley. That's that's right. Um, and he does he does try. Jules is obviously crawling away, trying to get to safety. Um, and uh, Peyton takes a swing on, uh, on uh, I think he chases him up, chases him up the, up the steel and ends up swinging on one of the uh, crane, uh, crane hooks that are hanging about, strangely hanging about in the middle of the night, um, yeah. and knocks a stack off of the building. Yeah. And he, he impales himself on rebar at the... Uh, but yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, there, there, I mean, there's there's a lot going on in that in that scene. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it doesn't end well for poor old Stack. That's that's right. And and Jules, Jules and him, Jules and Westlake have a conversation. She sees the true horror of what what he's actually become as far as uh, visually. Um, and he basically. Tells her that he can't. They can't be together. Essentially, 
and disappears out into the crowd. Um, and this is the Bruce Campbell appearance um, because it's, oh. it's Bruce Campbell at the end when she comes running out to look for him and can't see him in the crowd. Yeah, he's, he's put on a new disguise, hasn't he? He's got a new disguise. Bruce Campbell's looking back at her. Um, and that's where he says, you know, basically pays the whistle like he's gone. You can call me Dark Man. Dark Man. Call me Dark Man. Not Dark Man. Dark Man. Um, <laughs> Well, the, I think two of the best the best lines in the whole movie are are in that last crammed into the last sixty seconds. Um, yeah, which is um, which is pretty good, I think. Um, you know that that shortly before um, Stack falls off the building, uh, Darkman grabs him by the ankles, and Stack's like calling him out, saying, "Nah, you can't do it. Nah, you haven't got it in you. You're too soft." bit of a snowflake and then uh and then in the end um that's it like Westlake just drops him and he yeah he lands on that rear but you mentioned and he, and he i think he's his final comment there he goes i'm learning to live with a lot of things <laughs> and he just drops him you know and it just proves that he's the he's the real anti-hero or you know he's, he's he he's, has uh, become, he has become the anti-hero yeah and then um and then right at the end, I think, um, what is that line? Um, Bruce Campbell sort of narrates it. I, I, yeah, and he narrates it. He goes, I'm, I, I'm everyone. I'm everywhere. I'm nowhere. Call me Dark Man. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I actually did like the ending. I actually thought it was pretty good. Yeah, definitely good. an anti-hero. He's got, he's got issues. Yeah, he'll be in therapy for a little while, I think. A little while. <laughs> be lucky not to be institutionalized. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, think of all the money he's going to save on collagen treatments for his lips because he hasn't got any. Oh, any. No point. Yeah, no. There's no Botox injections required. No, none at all. So, what did you think? Well, what, 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 what are your thoughts? Um. Well, I, I actually thought it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty cool. To, you know, to to um come out and actually write your own. Um, for Sam Raimi to actually come out and write his own movie and develop a new a new hero, um, I'm not sure whether it was a successful movie or anything. It was pretty cool to watch. Um, I think it I think it cost 11 million to make something like that, and it made 38. So it was it so, was it did make money. It didn't make a lot of money, but it made money. Probably a lot of money yeah. for, for 1990. Yeah. At the time, so, um, well enough to spawn a couple of. Um, straight to video movies which which is pretty cool so um yeah i, I liked it you know and what do you yeah. what's your score i'm gonna give it a three out of five three out of five that's a three out of five that's pretty good we normally do it out of ten but out of five is fine with me okay i'm gonna give you a six out of ten six okay six out of ten okay yeah okay yeah, six out of ten um ugly masks Ugly, ugly melting masks. Yeah, out of ten, I think. Um, yeah, because look, hey, you know, considering it was when it was done, it, it um, you know, nineteen eighty nine or nineteen eighty eight, and you know, uh, I think when um, when when these um, film studios sort of get involved and they yeah, they end up having so many different drafts about these movies, mm. um, and it well, just it changes yeah. the 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 first idea. 
Yeah, I think, I think, I think well, this is purely written by two or three people. Yeah, but they had so many drafts. Um, they had like 12 or 13 different drafts before the um, the studio was actually ready to make it. So there, there were a lot of changes made. Mm. And, um, but yeah, to actually write, write, you know, come out and create your own hero or anti-hero and, um, you know, pretty messed up dude like Westlake. I, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah. What, I, about, what about you? I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a very watchable film. And... Mm. And Sam Raimi does tend to make very watchable films, even even the ones that are making shit scared. Um, yeah. they're, they're always there's always uh, sort of an interesting component to them. And and with him uh, directing the the next Marvel movie, um, the uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, oh, so Sam Raimi is doing that. Sam Raimi's doing that. So he's he's did Spider-Man and he's returning to the, I guess, the Marvel universe with, with Doctor Strange. So it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting turn uh, for a Marvel film. And I'm not sure it's going to be overly kid-friendly um, like most of the recent Marvel movies. Um, but saying that, you know, it, it, this movie is very watchable. Uh, it's, the, the acting is pretty darn good in places, uh, notwithstanding uh, uh, Liam Neeson's amazing American accent. Um, <laughs> you're allowed to have an, if you're a scientist, you're allowed to have an accent. Fucking sold on it, I tell you. Yeah. But anyway, um, Francis, he's got, they've, he's a, put together a group of actors who are, you, you generally wouldn't see in this sort of film. Yeah. And you know how Francis McDormand got a gig on this? movie uh, uh you can tell me um th they were actually sharing a house together oh okay yeah sorry yeah it, it, but you wouldn't you you wouldn't expect to see francis francis mcdonald or colin frills for australian viewers doing no. this kind of movie it's, no. it's not that they're, they're more um i guess more dramatic um actors yeah uh, even Liam Neeson. I mean, I know Liam Neeson's kind of fallen into the uh, into the well of uh, French produced Hollywood action films. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, with his skill set, with his skill set, <laughs> he will find you. Um, watched that the other day. Actually, it's called still really good. Um, holds up well. Um, yeah, but you wouldn't. So you wouldn't expect to see these actors in this film, which kind of elevates it a little bit uh, you know obviously the special effects are very 80s 90s mm. uh, and a bit clunky and stuff like that um and some of the shots are very cartoony but the acting elevates the film uh, yeah. beyond what it could have been with mm. sort of lesser actors in the world it could have just been a complete farce i guess in yeah way. yeah actually turned out really good um, yeah, very yeah. and I and I have to agree with you. It's 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 definitely uh, you know notwithstanding the, the the dodgy special effects, it's definitely a, a six out of ten for me for that one. Right. Okay. There you go. There you have it, folks. Six out of ten. But in saying that, it's actually a pretty good movie. I think you should go and watch it. It's it's definitely a, a it's definitely a don't let don't let you show your kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, or 
midweek kind of nighttime movie if you want to watch something just to kill some time. It's it's very watchable and 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 a lot of fun. Awesome. I guess if you can call someone being <laughs> in an acid bath, but it is a lot of fun, and I'm sure I'm sure there are some you know. Uh, uh, Chinese mafia, Chinese mafia, or you know the yakuza out there who would find that fun. Um, oh, look, hey, you know, if I was studying uh, off in um, in science and technology courses, you know, and you wanted to know how to store chemicals, more importantly, how not to store chemicals, folks. This is the film. I, for you. This is the film for you. You know, how not to build a workshop, you know, <laughs> your lab- laboratory. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, that, that wraps up today's episode for us. Um, sorry it's taken so long to come back, uh, but we will be back shortly with a new uh, new improved movie. Dark City. <laughs> Dark City. Once we... Dark, you want to watch that? Oh, I've got to find it. Well, no, I've got a copy. I'll give it to you. Oh, okay. So yeah. it, might be, it might be Dark City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It might be, it might, it might it might be. be Captain Underpants. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know <laughs> Captain I don't even uh, oh my god you gotta watch Captain Underpants also uh, I, I look to be honest I'm gonna battle your expertise on that one <laughs> so my nine year old anyway yeah uh, so anyway that's it for tonight it's a uh, good night from me and it's good night from him yep um, and night. we'll see you shortly again okay bye for now see you folks You've been listening to That Shit Movie's Quite Good. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. If there's a movie out there you want me to watch and review instead of mowing the bloody lawn, please, dear God, send me an email. No, really do it. Now, just, just make one up. <laughs>